Welcome to episode 10 of the Hardly Knowledgeable podcast, 10 or 9. It's, you know, I think we should just stop worrying about the episode count at this point. It's episode 10, I just got told by the producers. Um, Welcome to episode 10 of the Hardly Knowledgeable podcast. Uh, We're here, uh, Bryson, Nolan, and Drew, we're here ready to talk about some K-State, KU basketball, um, and then some NFL stuff. So we're going to go right on in uh, to the state of Kansas and their basketball programs. We'll start off with the University of Kansas, who just played against Iowa State and Hilton, one of the most overrated home court atmospheres in the conference, obviously. I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, but it was pretty overrated. Uh, Drew, you want to talk about that game? Yeah, so... You know, coming off a tough a tough loss Saturday, if anybody heard me rant about the team a little bit, all five of you, then uh, you might have heard some of my frustrations. And then our best player, Ochai Abaji, who's been carrying the team lately, gets ruled out due to COVID. And, you know, that's a tough blow to have, but we got talented guys. I had said on Saturday that I kind of wanted to see more of Joseph Yesifu, who I've always liked, and Jalen Coleman-Lands, who actually transferred from Iowa State, and they played well. Dave McCormick bounced back from only having one rebound on Saturday, and he had a double-double, and he didn't miss a shot. He was making shots from the free-throw line with his, you know, his nice little form he's got, but he was hitting them. And, uh, yeah, so good win. Iowa State played – well, both teams played really sloppy, but, you know, I think Iowa State's a little bit overrated as a team. I don't really think they're a top 25 team, to be honest. I think they started the year out well, and now in conference play, I think people are doing good against them. They got a losing record in conference play, but they're a good team nonetheless, and good to go get a win on the road against a, a good team, a tournament team. So that's all I got. Good win. Yeah. Anytime you can go on the road in Big 12 and pick up a win, especially against a ranked team, is a win, especially without your best player and nation's player of the year candidate. Um, I didn't watch the game because I was watching high school basketball, so that's all I really got to say about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, Iowa State really didn't seem like they could be in control of the game. You know, Kansas kind of jumped out ahead pretty early. And it just kind of went that way. You know, I think it was kind of 10 points the whole time in the second half when we were watching it. Uh, and that was um, <clears throat> that was pretty impressive to go in, take a crowd out of it, and went on the road in a pretty tough conference. I think that was, that was very impressive. So, moving on to tonight's matchup, uh, Kansas State versus the Oklahoma State Cowboys at home. Uh, Apparently, they're not expecting a big student crowd because they're letting students in for free. So if you bought a student pass at the beginning of the season, screw you guys because you don't matter. You know, you can just get in free and get the email socks yourself. I, Drew nor I will be in attendance to this one due to it's cold. It might snow again, and we don't want to deal with that. So um, do you guys have any pregame, pregame stuff for this game? I don't know not much about Oklahoma State, but you, you can really consider this a must-win uh, for Bruce Weber and, and this, his future um, with the basketball team. Yeah. Um, I know K-State's favored by, like, two points, so that's something, I guess. Um, yeah, I haven't really watched a lot of Oklahoma State. They've beat some – I think they beat Texas earlier in the year. Like, they've beat some teams, but they've also – you know, lost badly to some teams. Um, you know, I guess it's – they're not as talented this year without Cade Cunningham on their team, but 
you know, they've got the one year postseason ban. So I don't know if, I don't know how tough that is to, or, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of motivation. I mean, I'm sure Mike Boynton's got his guys ready to play, but I don't know. Once you're getting through the season, I don't know how that's going to work out. So, yeah, K-State can win. We'll see how they bounce back. And, yeah, I don't got much of a preview. I don't really have a good, like, yeah. take for how the game's going to go. Hopefully K-State can win, but I don't – I wouldn't expect much if I were a K-State fan. Yeah, and it's definitely – it's only a one point spread, so it's definitely just a pick 'em and I'm I'm not expecting a win, especially with how uninterested they've seemed in the last two matchups against Baylor and Oklahoma State. They just seem like they didn't or Baylor and Ole Miss, they just seem like they didn't care. Ole Miss did beat LSU yesterday. Um <clears throat> there is one more basketball game I want to touch on before uh we move on to the NFL. Uh Texas Tech and Texas played yesterday. Uh the the sometimes when a coach leaves a university they when he comes back, they're, they're, you know, they're saying, welcome back. Thanks for everything you did. That was not how it went today or yesterday at Texas Tech. They were not very happy to see Chris Beard. Um, and they, they made sure that they told him and they told uh, the Longhorns with all of the chants from the student sections. Drew, what, what do you think about that one? About the game or about the, the crowd? The game. The game. Well, you can talk about the crowd, too. I think it was part oh, no. of the- Oh, no, I don't care. I mean, the crowd was awesome. I mean, you you know. Love to see that. I don't know if – like, Texas and Texas Tech isn't really, like, a rivalry. But might be now in basketball due to what Chris Beard did. Before talking about the game, I I get what Chris – like, I get it if I'm Chris Beard. Like, you leave Texas Tech, you've accomplished a lot, and you think they might, you know, they'll appreciate you for what you did. Like, he, you know, did good things for their program, but also when you leave – for a team just down the road in the same conference, although they won't be for long. And then, you know, you kind of betray your team, you know, it kind of sucks. I know, you know, he went to Texas and all that, but, you know, I thought Texas Tech, and I said this during the game, I think Texas is the more talented team, but I think Texas Tech just plays better together. I think those guys, they got a lot of talent as well, and they play well together, and that showed. And in that atmosphere, I don't think there was any way Texas would win in that game. They made it close a few times, but Texas Tech basically controlled it the whole way. So it's a good win by them. They're right up there in the top of the standings in the big 12. So it's a good win. Texas has kind of been up and down. So not too surprising of a result. Yeah. Bryson, did you, did you catch that game at all? Uh, no. no, there were a couple of moments where it got, it got pretty chippy and I was kind of hoping a fight would happen, but never. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mark Adams is probably a much better coach than Chris Beard. I mean, let's be honest. 20-time coach of the year honors. I don't think Chris Beard can really uh, tote that. What do, I mean, sure, congrats. Arkansas Little Rock, Little Rock congratulations, whatever. <clears throat> so, uh, moving on from that. By the way, great, great crowd. Um, I do want to say something. Kyle Umling, you know, our favorite, <laughs> favorite Texas fan, he uh, – he tweeted earlier, and he said, teams who think they have a rivalry with Texas. Dude said um, Rice, by the way. Rice. He said Rice. Yeah, Rice yeah. was in there. Rice, Kansas State, USC, West Virginia. I mean, it's just – it's a long one. And really, I think, to be honest with you, the only rivalry that was on that list is Kansas. So <clears> – We own you, them. We own them in football. They, I mean, it's, if you talk about rent-free, it's really Kansas – uh, living rent free in in the minds of Texas Longhorns, uh, minds of the Texas Longhorn faithful there. 
So, all right, moving on to the No Fun League. Uh, we had a championship game uh, weekend. Uh, the NFC champions are the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and the AFC champions are frauds. So, Drew, would you like to go ahead? We're going to go ahead and break down. We'll start with the NFC title game, and then we'll move into uh, the fraudulent AFC championship game. So, as far as the NFC championship game goes, I was at the AFC championship game, and it took a while to get out of there. So, by the time I was able to have the game on my phone and listen to it and kind of watch it, you know, kind of couldn't watch everything since I was, you know, driving home. Um, they, the Rams were down 17 to seven about when I started watching it. And then, you know, it seemed like the Niners couldn't really stop their offense. So I'm not really sure what was going on the first two and a half quarters where they couldn't really score, but you know, Stafford made more plays down the stretch than Jimmy could, you know, Jimmy was really struggling to move the ball at all. I thought there was some questionable coaching decisions by both teams, you know, Sean McVay, had a questionable challenge that led to his last time out being burned with like 12 minutes left. And that gave Kyle Shanahan like five minutes to think about a fourth and two on the Rams side of the field. And then he decided to punt anyways, which I feel like they could have got it, but maybe he just didn't trust Jimmy. So they punt and then Stafford comes, comes around and he throws a pick to Jaquaski Tart, the diner safety, but he drops it. I think he was thinking about the return. And then that kind of, Turn the game around, I think, and the Rams end up getting a field goal there and then a field goal to win the game. And Niners just couldn't move the ball on offense at the end. So not too surprised with how that played out. I did pick the Niners to win, but they've kind of owned them. Good win for Sean McVay to take Big Brother down. So that's all I got. I'm happy for Stafford, happy for uh, Odell Beckham, happy for all those guys that haven't really been there before. So. Yeah, I know we've seen this before, but Kyle Shanahan and four clear leads this aren't a thing that lasts very long, um, especially in the playoffs. And so <clears throat> Niners didn't belong there. I mean, they have really good defense, but they don't have an offense that can keep up. And Rams kind of showed that throughout the end where they put up enough points. You knew Jimmy G wasn't going to go down and win, win a game. Um, that's really not much to that. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's fourth and two at midfield. And, you know, Sean McVay gives you time to think about it. And then you decide just to go ahead and punt anyway. Uh, you know, that's pretty questionable. So uh, I don't know. He chokes. He chokes in big games. Um, before we move on to the AFC title game, I would like to say um, I, I just saw this on Twitter. So K-State held a National Signing Day press conference today and they had all the transfer portal athletes or a lot of them speak Adrian Martinez is one of them and they asked him about you know the offensive play style and he said he doesn't envision himself running the ball as much here as he did at Nebraska so I think that (laughs) I think he envisioned wrong I don't know if he hasn't watched K-State ever but I think that he's going to run the ball anyway uh, moving on to the AFC title game Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs played a team from Ohio uh, the team from Ohio won somehow. How? I don't know. The team from Ohio won. Uh, they're going to the Super Bowl, not the Chiefs. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Well, you know, game's a tough pill to swallow. I think especially watching it in person, you know, in the first half everybody's pumped up and you're thinking about, oh, man, would I rather play the Rams? Would I rather play the Niners? You know, 
can't wait to watch this game. I'm going to wear my Kelsey jersey. You know, you're just thinking about all this stuff. And then, you know, it's 21 to 10 right before the half. We They haven't stopped the Chiefs offense at all. They go down. They're on the two-yard line or the one-yard line. And then they have five seconds left to run a play. And it's either you can take a field goal or you can go for the end zone. And Andy Reid let Mahomes stay out there. It looked like Mahomes kind of motioned Reid off. Like he wanted – like I think Reid wanted to kick it and then Mahomes kind of motioned him off, which was fine. And then he made the one throw that you couldn't really make, which was Hill underneath, which I get Hill's really fast, but they had him surrounded pretty well. So then we're only up 11 instead of 14. Come out of half, they haven't stopped us, and then they do stop us. And then still took the Bengals a while to get going on offense, but, you know, they had some good fortune from the officials, I thought. But, you know, that's how it played out. And then they tied the game, and Mahomes just didn't really play well down the stretch. It was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Just he's been playing so well lately, and he was on fire in the first half. It's kind of weird to see him kind of fall apart like that. But, you know, he'll be fine. We'll be fine. Just got to – get back there you know it's tough to I mean we've made two circles in a row it's tough to make a third even though you you know it happens Tom Brady's choked in playoff games before he's blown a 21 to 3 lead to Peyton Manning happens so you know it hurts because you know if you have a chance to win a Super Bowl you want to take that chance but you know credit to the Bengals Joe Burrow played you know he wasn't amazing but he did what he had to do broke out of some sacks that Chris Jones and the company should have finished but you know, I am happy for the Cincinnati fans, though. It sucks that it came at our expense, but, you know, they kind of went through what we went through with not being there for 50 years or so. I know they haven't been there in a while, long time. So, tough loss. Yeah, I think it really comes down to – I mean, Mahomes didn't play good in that second half. There's no arguing that. But the defense the Bengals were running was a three-lineman uh, three and they're dropping eight in coverage. And the three linemen were, weren't even really blitzing. It was a contain Mahomes in the pocket with a spy. We weren't going to let him run. That's why there was no, you know, he only had 19 rushing yards and 11 of that came in the first half on one play. But um, I think it's on coaching because they're dropping eight. Run the freaking football. You're Between McKinnon and Clyde, you were averaging seven, almost seven yards a carry. And instead, we're going single, single and no back sets, you know, with eight people in coverage in the zone. It's hard to find people. He missed, a, you know, he missed a couple throws here and there, and Kelsey dropped one, and Hill dropped one, but still, run the freaking football. That's that was the problem the whole year is we wouldn't ever commit to the run, and it cost us. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I was never confident in that game at all because I've been. The Chiefs fan for too long to get confident, especially with leads in the playoffs. We do better when we're behind than when we're leading. Um, so you just get used to it. Um, I I was not that upset. I mean, I was disappointed, of course, but four straight AFC championship games and two Super Bowl appearances with a young quarterback. I can't complain. Yeah, uh, definitely. It was it was it was kind of a it was kind of a heart wrenching one, you know, planning a Super Bowl party or planning, you know, what you're gonna do for the Super Bowl, what you're gonna eat, who how how you're gonna watch it, where you're gonna watch it. Um and then, you know, kind of having your heart ripped out there at the end. You Coach Snyder used to always say, don't let a team that you're beating beat you before you go into halftime. And what that meant is don't give them don't give them a moment 
momentum going in halftime because you've already gotten beat. So they did that. It was a questionable call there at the end of the second half, and that started that started a run um, for them for sure. So that that's a bummer. Um, but what are you going to do about it? You know, we got to move on. Um, and uh, speaking of which, let's go ahead and move on to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl matchup, one of the most boring matchups in a while. The Bengals are playing the Los Angeles Rams. So, who you guys got? What you guys thinking? Um, well, I haven't given a ton of thought for who I'm going to pick. But I will say, you know, the Rams, you know, they have some guys that at least have been there before, like when they made it a couple or three years ago, they had like Aaron Donald played in that game. And, you know, I think Cooper Cup was injured that year. So I don't think he actually played in that game, but they've had, you know, they have a lot of guys that played in that game. And then, you know, Von Miller played in the Super Bowl or played in a couple at least. So they've got some guys, with some experience and these Bengals players really don't have any. So just on a pure experience factor, I would probably go with the Rams, but I haven't really given much thought for who I'm going to pick. I think, you know, like the Bengals offensive line played really bad against the Titans and they allowed nine sacks. And then the Chiefs didn't get a lot of opportunities for sacks, but they did kind of not really finish when they had the chance. I'd like to think that Aaron Donald and Von Miller and those guys can, you know, actually finish those plays, but we'll see what happens. Maybe Joe Burrow pulls something out again. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the Rams. I OBJ is one of my favorite receivers, and I really like Stafford. He deserves, you know, after being on the worst franchise in football for a long time, he deserves, you know, a winner. Um, I think this game, like you said, comes down to the D line and offensive line. Um, if you remember, like the I think it was the Broncos, uh, who they played that year, Broncos Panthers Super Bowl, where the Panthers didn't really belong there, they just kind of made it. And then they had a bad offensive line, and Von Miller won MVP of the Super Bowl that year and had two strip sats and one for a touchdown or something like that. Um, I see that happening again. And so I think Donald's going to go crazy, maybe Von Miller. But I have Rams winning with Aaron Donald being the Super Bowl MVP. <clears throat> yeah, I – I can see – I think the Rams are the better team, um, especially, you know, I mean, looking at those two teams, the Rams are definitely more talented, and I think they're better. Uh, often the line's going to be an issue for the Bengals. However, how many times did we see Chris Jones have Joe Burrow wrapped up in the backfield and, you know, was going to sack him there on Sad on Sunday? Um, he just – dude just makes plays. And, I mean – I think it's going to turn out to be a really entertaining game, but we could also be really bummed uh, by the end of it. Uh, I, I think the Rams will win. I think they'll squeak it out at the end, and I think Aaron Donald's going to have a field day um, when it comes to that. So though that's my Super Bowl pick. I'd say Rams probably 24-17 maybe. Uh, might be more points scored than that. Probably going to be more points scored than that. But anyway. Moving on, I know some of you or the two of you have a pretty big opinion. Wait, on... by the way, by the way, by the way, Von Bell, you are a bum. Not Von, not Von Bell, sorry. Eli Apple, you're a bum. Yeah. Sorry, Von Bell. Eli Apple, you're a bum. There we go. Sorry. No. <laughs> <I had> to... <laughs> 
Good luck guarding Cooper Cup, buddy. Cooper Cup's going to cook you for 250 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> All right. Moving on, I know you guys have pretty pretty big opinions about what's going on in the NFL head coaching circles right now. And the bombshell, Brian, has dropped on the way. Uh, so if you guys uh, wanted to state your opinions on that, I'm going to give you full, full, you know, just freedom to do so. So go ahead, take it away. You got anything, Bryson? Uh. I mean, not really, because I haven't looked into all of it. Um, the, I believe a lot of stuff he's saying is in getting paid to lose and stuff like that. Um, and then with Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson coming out and saying, you know, the same thing happened to me on the Browns. You, they in, implemented this Romney rule or Romney, whatever it is. It's Rooney, um, I think, but yeah. yeah. To help out black coaches, minority coaches and stuff like that. And I don't think it's going to help. I think owners have found a way to exploit this and make use of their benefit. And like Aunt Flora said in his interview with John Elway showing up, you know, drunk and hung over, hung over and everything and late to that, which could be a reason why he hired Big Van Joe. Probably was drunk for that one too. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense for that. Um, but it's a, it's a sad reality of the world that we live in where we're never going to escape it no matter what they do. But, yeah, I believe what Flores is saying, and it's such that this thing's going to cost him that he's never going to be a head coach again. I think we can all probably agree on that. No mm-hmm. one's going to hire him now. You, you speak out against the, the NFL community, they'll, they'll hunt you. The NFL has more money than most people in the world, which means better lawyers, and they can do whatever they want. I don't see Flores even winning this case. Um, yeah, you know, it's sad. And it is what it is, I guess. There's not much we can do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to say that I definitely believe – I mean, I believe the Broncos stuff. I definitely believe the Dolphins thing because there was a report when he got fired that one reason was that he didn't tank. And th- this was before it was reported that, like, a certain amount of money was going to go into it, but like, it was like, Oh, he didn't tank. And then they ended up with Tua instead of Burrow, which, you know, they could have taken Herbert, but that's, that's their problem, I guess. And, you know, the giants thing, because they hired Brian Dayball and apparently Flores hadn't even interviewed yet. And he was supposed to interview. Now I've seen some people out there say like, that's BS because Brian Flores was like the best candidate for the position. In my opinion, I thought Brian Dayball was like the best at least one of the best candidates out there. So I don't think it's a bad hire by the Giants, but if the rule that's set is that you have to interview a minority candidate and you didn't even fulfill that, like, that's pretty shitty. And same thing for the Broncos. Like, if you, you know, John Elway hasn't exactly done good things for you other than convincing Peyton Manning to play for you, which I don't know if that had much to do with John Elway. Um, If you want an excuse to move away from him, then I'd say that this report might be a good – way to do that um I you know I'm pretty anti Roger Goodell and what he's done as the NFL commissioner I still think he's that good and the Rooney rule like it makes sense like you want uh black and minority coaches to have a fair shot but if you're telling teams they have to interview one like these are a bunch of like let's just say what it is like they're a bunch of old white dudes like they're just going to interview like last year Marvin Lewis who is the old Bengals coach interviewed for like 
10 jobs or five jobs, however many jobs were available. And then no one hired them. They just had to fulfill that rule. And I don't think that then giving teams comp picks helps out either. Like obviously the chiefs benefited from that this off season, but like, I don't, that's something that matters. Like it, nothing's going to change. The NFL just going to have their lawyers come out and they'll defend it. Like they've already come out and said that they did nothing wrong like yesterday. So nothing's going to happen for it. I'm bummed because I think Brian Flores is a good coach and I'd like to see him get a shot somewhere, but you're, I mean, you're right. Like he's not like, you know, obviously this situation, the Kaepernick situation are different, but like no one wanted to get Kaepernick after he tried to, you know, he filed a lawsuit against the league. Like that's just how it goes. And I don't see it happen. I'm actually, I hope he wins. I just don't think, you know, if you have a lot more money and you get a lot more resources, it's just going to be tough to have that happen. So I'm pretty bummed, but I, I mean, it's courageous of him to come out and do it. I just, you know, I still think anything's going to change. Well, you know, Michigan needs a new head coach, so he's always got that in the future for him. <laughs> hey, Harbaugh so, yeah. hasn't left yet, has it's he? Uh, he's, he's gone. Wait, there's actually – Shepard a... tweeted three minutes ago that he's actually going back, that Harbaugh's going back. To Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> Literally three minutes ago. <laughs> well, Harbaugh, Schefter could be wrong. Could be a premature bomb drop. You know, premature woes. Yeah. No, Schefter only messes up retirements. I know, screws people out of out of their retirements for sure. All right, well, we will open it up. Anybody have anything to add here at the end of it? Uh, I would say it's it's sad that we already know how this case is going to go. Mm-hmm. And we have no information about it other than what was this given to us through Twitter. And we already know how it's going to go because that's just how the court system is. Whoever has more money and whoever's more more involved in the white community is going to win in court systems. So that's how it, ro- how it rolls. So and it sucks. I, <laughs> I guess, like, there's no way to tell, like, if, you know, the Dolphins owner wanting him to tank and he didn't. And then what John Elway did, and then the Giants not fulfilling that rule, the Rooney rule. I don't know if it's if it's racially motivated or if the owners are just negligent. Like they might just be negligent, but the fact that it happened to all to the same guy, who's a minority, and we haven't heard of this happening to any non-minority candidate. But you know, like I just don't know how people could defend it and be like, oh, it's not racist. It's not like it might not be, but it probably is. Like Eric Bieniemy yeah. hasn't gotten like. Let's be real, like. I saw a tweet today, which I don't want to dunk on Cliff Kingsbury, but, like, he got fired from Texas Tech, and he didn't win with Patrick Mahomes. Like, they didn't win games. Or they didn't win more games than they lost. And then he immediately got a job with the Cardinals. But then Eric Bieniemy does a great job being the Chiefs OC for, like, four years now. And he has only had a couple interviews and hasn't gotten a job. Now, I know, like, Cliff Kingsbury's done an okay job, but I just, like – just comparing those two things, like if Cliff Kingsbury were a minority, would he have gotten that job? Like, it's sad, but probably not. And that's just the way it is. Now, I don't know if there should be like – I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Like, I've seen people say like, oh, because Mike, Mike, Mike Tomlin's the only black coach in the NFL. I think there's only two minorities if you count Robert Sala, who's Muslim. Um, but – like, I don't know – like, I don't know if being an NFL head coach is, a like, a white man's job. But I don't – like, I've seen people say, like, there should be more black head coaches. Like, if they're – like,
like the only people that might be qualified are like Bienemy and uh, Flores. So I don't know like how many more could really be viable. You know what I mean? Like there is, there is a problem. Yeah. I just yeah, don't definitely. think it should be like, oh, there should be a max of white head coaches. It's like, well, if the other ones are more qualified, like, I don't know. It's, it's a mess. So. Definitely. definitely. Sad. Sad, sad, um, sad. I would, I would like to uh, throw this out there. This isn't on topic at all. Um, That's fine. K State just, K State just uh, silently released the new parking uh, situation for next year uh, football games, and the grass lot to the east of the stadium is gone completely. If you want to park there, you got to buy spots. Those are all reserved parking spots now, and the only uh, GA spots are the agronomy spots across across Kimball. So I don't know if they're going to do anything to resolve that or. If it's so long tailgating season at in Manhattan, so all right. Well, I suppose that will do it for the hardly knowledgeable podcast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end episode ten here. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter and hit us up in the DMs. Obviously, uh, we'll we'll do our best to answer uh, those questions. Um, If you guys don't have anything else, I think that'll do it. Thanks for listening. All right.